Prema Vahini Chapter 7 Sadguna is Jnana Jnana means understanding, but it is not just an intellectual fit. Just as eating does not mean the placing of food on the tongue. Eating is worthwhile only when the food is chewed and swallowed and digested and assimilated in the bloodstream and transformed into muscle and bone into strength and vigor. So too, understanding or jnana must permeate and invigorate all the moments of life. It must be expressed through all the organs and senses through all the karmendriyas, the five senses of action, and all the nyanendriyas, the senses of perception. To this high stage must man reach. Mere accumulation of learning is not jnana. Only sadguna, or virtue, is jnana. In order that one might do seva, a little bhoga or festivity too has to be gone through. Such bhoga is a part of yajna, of spiritual exercise and sacrifice. To make this body machine function, the fuel of anna or food has to be used. Anna is not yajna, but it makes yajna possible. Therefore, eating food is not to be laughed at as catering to greed, as udar poshana. It is a part of worship. Puja or worship is not merely the plucking of a flower and placing it on top of the image. The gardener who toiled to nurse the plant that gave the flower is also a worshipper. It is only when food is given that the body can function, even the means for a sacrifice is yajna. All karma done for the sake of three entities is sacrifice, namely, to utilize the world for the worship of the Lord, to establish peace and justice in society, and to control and coordinate the functions of the body. The first is called yajna, the second dana or charity, and the third tapas or penance. All human acts must subserve these three needs. Premavahini Chapter 8 Truth is God. For attaining this stage, an ethical life is the foundation. This ethical life is based upon discrimination between truth and falsehood. Just as the pearl is retained while the shell is discarded, the essence which is truth must be accepted and the non-essential rejected. Then again, Individual exertion and divine grace, both should be existent. One should also constantly practice the great lesson that the body and the Atma are separate.
This is a highly beneficial exercise. Such viveka or discrimination is necessary for all aspects of life, secular as well as spiritual. It is indispensable for realizing the truth, the truth that persists in creation, existence and destruction, the truth which is God himself. To serve the Supreme Lord, purity of food has to be observed. As regards food, the question is not how much, but of what quality. Of course, quantity too cannot be overlooked, but why is food necessary at all? It is needed for acquiring the strength required for seva or service. In order that seva yajna may yield fruit, food is needed and such food must be pure. Attention has to be paid to this aspect of food. In this way, each one should pay constant attention to his habits and to the traits of his character. Then the attachment to the body will fall off, and the task of securing Atmananda, or the bliss of self-realization, will be made easy. Man has all these various duties to perform before he actually attains realization. For it is only through such spiritual life that he can acquire purity. And through that pure nature alone is it possible for him to realize the soul supreme. Without getting himself engaged in them, it is no use crying in agony that he has not been able to know the Paramatma, the universal soul or creator. In this material world, one cannot appreciate the value of spiritual endeavor if he has had no experience in such a spiritual life and its purity. It may be said that one can undertake spiritual endeavor only after appreciating its value, but this is like saying that one would get into water only after learning swimming. Swimming can be learned only by getting into water with a float attached to the body, in the same way, with some float attached to the mind, plunge without fear into spiritual sadhana. Then you will yourself understand the value of spiritual endeavor. The nature and conditions of the spiritual path are known only to those who have journeyed along the road. They know that the path of satya or truth and viveka, or analytical reasoning, leads to paramatma. Those who have not trodden that path, and those who are not aware of its existence, cannot explain it to themselves or to others. Paramatma alone is real. Paramatma is truth. Paramatma is love. Meditate on him as truth, as love. It is possible to realize him in whatever form you meditate upon. Be always in the company of his devotees. Through this satsang, 
this company of the good, Viveka and Vairagya, discrimination and detachment or renunciation will be implanted and increased. These will strengthen the spirit and endow you with inner peace. Your mind will then merge in Paramatma. In everything that you do, use all the strength and talent with which you are endowed, speaking and acting truthfully. At first you might fail in this, and you might encounter difficulties and suffering, but ultimately you are bound to succeed and achieve victory and bliss. Remember here the true statement, Satyameva Jayate Nandritham. By your behavior, through your way of life, you can realize the truth. You can realize Paramatma. Premavahini Chapter 9 Ahankara Causes Ashanti Man creates and develops in himself an abounding variety of selfish habits and attitudes, and he causes great discontent for himself. The impulse for all this comes from the power complex, the greed for accumulating authority, domination and power, the greed for things which can never be eternal and full. In fact, it is impossible for man to attain them up to the level of satiation. Omnipotence belongs only to Sarveshwara, the Lord of all. A person might feel elated that he has become the master of all arts, or owner of all wealth, or possessor of all knowledge, or repository of all the Shastras, but from whom did he acquire all these? They must indeed be greater. He might even claim that he earned all this through his own efforts, his labor and his toil. But surely someone gave it to him in some form or other. This he cannot gainsay. The source from which all authority and all power originate is Sarveshwara, God. Ignoring that omnipotence, Deluding oneself that the little power one has acquired is one's own, this indeed is selfishness, conceit, pride, or ahankara. If a person is a genuine vehicle of power, he can be recognized by the characteristics of truth, kindness, love, Patience, forbearance, and gratefulness. Wherever these reside, ahankara or egoism cannot subsist. It has no place. Seek, therefore, to develop these. The effulgence of the Atma is obscured by ahankara. Therefore, when ahamkara is destroyed, all troubles end, all discontent 
vanishes and bliss is attained. Just as the sun is obscured by mist, the feeling of ahankara hides eternal bliss. Even if the eyes are open, a piece of cloth or cardboard can prevent vision from functioning effectively and usefully. So too, the screen of selfishness prevents man from seeing God, who is in fact nearer to him than anything else. Many an aspirant and recluse, many a sadaka and sannyasi, has allowed all excellences won by long years of struggle and sacrifice to slip away through this attachment to the self. For power without the bliss of God-realization is a wall without abasement. Mere panditri or scholarship is of no use at all. The Vedas, the Upanishads and the Shastras are doctrines for living out in daily practice. So without this practice, whatever the wealth of words, whatever the standard of scholarship, it is all a colossal waste. To bring the teachings of the Vedas, the Upanishads and Shastras into one's actual life, one has to scotch the feeling, I know, and open one's eyes to the real essence and introspect on it. Then one can attain bliss without fail. The Panchanga, the Almanac, might indicate that ten units of rain will fall. But even if the calendar is folded ten times and squeezed, not even one drop of rain can be extracted from it. The purpose of the calendar is not to give rain, but only to give information about rain and its quantity. Its pages do not contain the ten units of rain. Rain is in the clouds above. So too, the Shastras can give only information about doctrines, axioms, rules, regulations and duties. The sublime characteristics of the Vedas and the Upanishads and the Shastras are that they give instruction in the methods of attaining peace and liberation. But they are not saturated with these essences of bliss so that one can collect them by squeezing the texts. One has to discover the path, the direction and the goal as described in them. One has to tread the path follow the direction and reach the goal. If, however, the I-consciousness produces the pride I know all, a fall is inevitable. The delusion causes death. The secret of salvation lies in the realization of this danger. Rebirth is inevitable if this danger is not averted. Aware of all this, if you get immersed in spiritual practice, the world and its worries will not affect you. It is only when you are far from this truth that you suffer, feel pain and experience travail. At a distance from the bazaar or market, 
one hears only a huge indistinct uproar. But as we approach it and walk into it, one can clearly distinguish the separate bargainings. So too, until the reality of Paramatma is known, you are overpowered and stunned by the uproar of the world. But once you enter deep into the realm of spiritual endeavor, everything becomes clear and the knowledge of the reality awakens within you. Until then you will be caught up in the meaningless noise of argumentation, disputation and exhibitionist flamboyance. Premavahini Chapter 10 Aspirants on the Bhakti Path Every aspirant who seeks the eternal through the path of bhakti or devotion should strive to acquire the following characteristics. He must keep away from the turmoils, the cruelties and the falsehoods of this world and practice satya, dharma, prema and shanti. That is, truth, righteousness, love and peace. This is indeed the path of bhakti. Those who seek union with God, those who seek the welfare of the world, should discard as worthless both praise and blame, appreciation and derision, prosperity and adversity. They should courageously keep steady faith in their own innate reality and dedicate themselves to spiritual uplift. No one, not even a Mahapurusha or an avatar, an incarnation of God, can ever escape criticism and blame. But they do not bend, they hold on to truth. Truth will not yield to threats. The real nature of the Mahapurusha or the avatar is realized by those who indulge in criticism or blame only after they wade through unbearable trouble, and then they too start to praise. The weakness of ignorance is the cause of this failure. So let the aspirant keep away from all such waverers and ignorant persons, and desist from discussing with them his belief and his conviction. Let him immerse himself in holy books and in the company of the devotees of the Lord. Later, rich with the experience of realization and courageous on account of that contact with reality, he can mix in any company without danger and even endeavor to direct other minds onto the truth that he himself has seen. Three types can be recognized among those who seek to do good deeds and tread the path of self-realization. One, those who are too frightened by the troubles, the losses and difficulties to begin the endeavor. They are of the lowest or adhama type. Two, those who, 
after having undertaken the journey and proceeded some distance, are depressed and defeated by obstacles and disappointments, and who therefore give up in the middle. They are of the middling or the Madhyama type. 3. Those who steadfastly adhere to the path with calmness and courage, whatever the nature of the travail, however hard the road. These are of course of the highest or the Uttama type. This steadfastness, this faith and constancy is the characteristic of the Bhakta, the devotee. Deluded by attachment to this illusory world and attracted by temporal joy, do not barter away the means of achieving permanent and complete happiness. Carry on your spiritual duties with full devotion. Paramatma cannot be known without faith and steadfastness. Only through prema, love, comes Shraddha or faith. Only through Shraddha comes Jnana or wisdom. Only through Jnana comes Parabhakti, transcendental devotion to God. Only through Parabhakti is Paramatma attained. How then is Prema to be cultivated? It can be done through two methods. 1. Consider always the faults of others, however big, to be insignificant and negligible. Consider always your own faults, however insignificant and negligible, to be big and feel sad and repentant. By these means, you avoid developing the bigger faults and defects, and you acquire the qualities of brotherliness and forbearance. 2. Whatever you do, with yourself or with others, do it remembering that God is omnipresent. He sees and hears and knows everything. Whatever you speak, remember that God hears every word. Discriminate between the true and the false, and speak only the truth. Whatever you do, discriminate between the right and the wrong, and do only the right. Endeavor every moment to be aware of the omnipotence of God. The body is the temple of the jiva. So whatever happens in that temple is the concern of the jiva. So too, the world is the body of the Lord, and all that happens in it, good or bad, is his concern. From the observed fact of the jiva and the body, know the truth of the unobservable fact of the Lord and the world. The relationship of the jiva and the Lord, the kinship between the two, can be grasped by everyone who acquires three chief instruments. One, 
a mind unsullied by attachment and hatred. Two, a speech unsullied by falsehood. And three, a body unsullied by violence. Joy and peace are not inherent in external objects. They are in you, yourself. But people in their foolishness search for these outside themselves in a world from which today or tomorrow they are bound to depart. Therefore awake soon. Try to know the essence of everything, the eternal truth. Try to experience the love which is Paramatma itself. Discriminate at every turn, accepting what is true and discarding the rest. So long as one has worldly desires in view, he cannot escape sorrow. Premavahini Chapter 11 Image Worship There are many who slander image worship, but... Its basis is really man's capacity to see the macrocosm in the microcosm. The value of image worship is testified by man's experience. It does not depend on man's imaginative faculty. What is found in the Virat Swarupa, the cosmic form of the Lord, is found undiminished and unalloyed in the image or idol form also. Images serve the same purpose as metaphors, similes, etc. in poetry. They illustrate, they amplify, they make clear. Joy comes to man, not through the shape of things, but through the relationship established. Not any child, but her child makes the mother happy. So also with each one and with all things. With each and everything in the universe, if one establishes that kinship, that Ishvara Prema, Prema of a personal God, verily, what an overpowering joy can be experienced. Only those who have felt so can understand. Prema Vahini Chapter 12 Study Vedas and Puranas deserve to be read and heard. God's name is to be recited and listened to. For some ailments, medicines are prescribed for external application, while for others they are given for internal use. But for this universal ailment of Bhavaroga, the cycle of birth and death, Shravanam and Kirtanam, hearing stories of the Lord and singing the name of the Lord, 
and other medicines are prescribed for external and internal use. One has to utter as well as hear the Lord's name. An aspirant might win God's grace and the Guru's grace and the grace of the devotees of the Lord. But all this grace would be of no avail if he does not secure also another grace. The grace of his own inner consciousness, his Antakarana. Without this grace he falls into perdition for all the rest are of no account whatsoever. The grace of God is not easily attainable. The feeling of I-ness, ahamkara, which makes one say, I am the doer, should be plucked by the roots from the heart. Everyone, be he learned or illiterate, should feel an overwhelming urge to know God. God has equal affection towards all His children, for to illumine is the nature of light. Utilizing that illumination, some can read good books, and others can do their daily tasks, whatever they are. So too, Uttering God's name, one can progress in the realization of God, while another can even do wicked deeds. It all depends on you, on how you use the light. But the Lord's name is without blemish, always and forever.